Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. It is uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard uh, Daylight Savings Time. That's the way I guess I should say it, Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time. Or Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I don't know how you put it, but it is 3 o'clock. We're going to proceed reading out of the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, starting at verse 11. And Raven will be on soon, the co-host, and uh, we will proceed with that. We actually read through 15 last week, but I'm going to just pick up at verse 11, uh, just to refresh our memory and bring us up to where we we are. Uh, and what I'm going to do here is uh, give you a number, if any people are listening. Hold on just a minute. Are you there? I'm here, Carl. Yep, okay, good. Yes, I'm here. For those who'd like to call in, for those who'd like to call in and ask a question or make a comment, uh, the phone number is 319-527-6208, and you can call in from anywhere in continental United States that's toll-free, whether it's a cell phone or a landline. And uh, it is a free call. Uh, you can ask a question or make a comment, preferably. And it's not a hard, fast rule, because uh, I don't know that I've ever had a question. I get very few calls, but a call about a specific topic we're talking about. But if if you did have something you wanted to ask about the, the topic we're on, the verses we're on, uh, the chapter and book we're currently reading from, uh, that would be good for continuity, but that's not something that's mandatory. As I say, if very few, I don't think I've ever had a call on a specific study we're doing. So uh, it's not something major. What is major, and i got to keep repeating this, and it's a, it's a cry and shame I do, uh, and it hasn't happened in a while, and I thank the good Lord for that, literally. Uh, we've had horrendous, 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 so I can't think of a more descriptive word, uh, profanity used by, I don't know if it was more than one call. It was from different numbers. But I blocked them as soon as the call came, and they and it's even I, as dumb as I am with this equipment, I realize you can, you know, like all the self, all the sales marketing calls you get, I got people calling me from every state in the United States. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's easy to get numbers and just go through the computer and let the let it rotate and rotate and rotate, and here we go. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and say a, uh opening prayer, and we'll get rolling. Father, as we go into this study, remind us all the way through that it is only your word and your Holy Spirit that are the true teachers. All we are, Lord, is to be used by you. And nothing that is 
that is of us, nothing that is of man's wisdom, nothing that is of tradition or of the church, the churches, in other words, is, is really of, of, any, of any importance. It is your word. It is your will that is what is important to us and what we are to follow. So, Father, as we go forward into this study, keep us on your path and allow nothing but the Holy Spirit to give us the words that we are to say. And as those who will listen to it in the future, I just pray that they also be led only by the Holy Spirit and your word. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, let's go to First Samuel. I'm there. And uh, we're going to go to 3. Maybe I'll go a little bit uh-huh. before 11. Uh, why don't you All read... Right. Uh, why don't we start with 4? Just if anybody's new All on right. this and didn't hear it last week, you get... This is Eli, who is a very, very, very horrible priest. And he had two sons that were priests also by the name of, uh, one was Hophni, and I forget the other one's name, but they were they were horrendous. They were so bad that God destroyed both of them. Uh, but Eli is now to the end of his rope as far as being a, uh, being a seeker-sensitive priest and uh, one who draws no boundaries, especially for his own sons. And I'm going to read you something the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 17. The sin of the young men, this was the two uh, sons of Eli, uh, was so bad uh, it says that they were sons of Belial, which is Satan, and then verse 17 says, when the son, when this, wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord because they abhorred the offering of the Lord. That's how bad these two sons of Eli were. But they were allowed to continue uh, in the uh, ministry by Eli, who was a, ch- a chief priest at that time. Uh, and he exercised no authority over them. And he he was a he was a truly seeker sensitive. He let anybody do what they wanted. You want to have you want to have lesbians and gays in the ministry, which God says is an abomination. Go ahead and do it. I'm sure. I'm bringing up. I'm just bringing this currently. You want to have you want our church to perform marriages with two women or two men? Go right ahead. Now, people can say that I'm full of hate and this and I, no, no, no. You got the wrong message if anybody thinks that. Nothing in the Bible is any skin off my nose in the real world. But in the heavenly kingdoms, God calls us an abomination. And we have churches in mainline denominations today, mainline. You know, it used to be that uh, the wackos from Waco or the, or the people from San Diego took this certain poison and they were going to all wake up at a new planet somewhere. That was the kind of thing you thought. But today it's the mainline denominations who are ordaining homosexuals and lesbians. 
and demanding that we have marriage of, in the church, sanctioned by the denomination. And it's not just one denomination. It's one main line, but there's another a little less popular that's in this. So this was the kind of character Eli was. So Raven's going to read from verse 4, and we're not going to elaborate on this. It's self-explanatory, and we're going to go down to verse 15, and 316 will be where we'll start the new material. But if anybody hasn't listened, even if you have listened to it, in the weeks, last several weeks, which has been difficult because Raven and I had trouble getting on. But if you have, this will be a good backdrop to break into our new material. So go ahead with 3-4. All right. The Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. He lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose arose, and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Then he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lie down and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Okay, How far do you going. want me to read? Uh, read okay. up to 15. The, okay. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore, mm-hmm. I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. As I would be. You know, I never got the impact of verse uh of verse uh, 12, uh, 13 until now. Mm-hmm. I have told him that I will destroy his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons, boy, that hits hard because I have not been a good watchman with my own family at times. I yeah. have not. It, it strikes hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, me too. No, Samuel feared to tell Eli the vision. I can understand this. This is a young kid, probably, what, 12, 13? I don't know. And um, he's going to go tell the priest? Oh. Right. You know what? Yesterday, Raven, heading down, uh, and I'll mention the road. People live in our area know it. Reynolds Road. There's an old movie. There's not a, an old, but it's a, a rather huge movie theater. It used to be a movie mm-hmm. and it's now a huge church. Yeah, I know where you mean. And Yeah, it has been. And I have been told mm-hmm. by someone who goes there that they had need to talk to a pastor and uh, tried to call him. We're told he doesn't talk to people. He has... Wow. He has... Uh, Associates, whatever you want to call them, assistant pastors, right, right. experts in the field. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. uh, I thought to myself, I can understand here why Eli feared, or Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. We have got these people that have lifted them up. I know another yes. general. I don't know him. I never met the guy, but uh, uh, over by. Uh, where we live, there's a, there's a Chrysler plant in the area. And uh, over by there, there was a, a uh, particular restaurant that I used to go to almost, well, not daily, maybe twice a week with people from the automotive company, Chrysler. And uh, there was a lady, and I don't even know how we ever got into this conversation, but this lady's husband, And I tried to think of how we ever started talking about this. I don't know. She was a waitress. And her husband had written a book on Christianity, and and she gave me a copy, and I read it. It was about he had recognized, uh, and I'm going to guess it was probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago, he had found a Mm -hmm. fallacy in modern-day preaching and uh, he was following a certain major ministry in the southern part of the United States along the Gulf Coast, major ministry. At one time, it mm-hmm. was the majorist, if that makes sense. And uh, It was the what? I called it the majorist. That's not... Oh. That's not your comparative superlative... That's not good English, but majorist is the most major... Ministry in the United States as far as pomp and wealth and all that at one time gotcha. years ago. Gotcha. 30, 30, gotcha. 35 years ago before uh, things happened that reduced the ministry down. Um, yep. And that was where, that was he, he, that was his, uh, that was close to, I won't say close to God, but there was nobody that he took any anything from, but he started to read the Bible, and we won't go into mm-hmm. discussing this uh, evidence that he had seen in the Scripture that the rapture definitely does uh, does occur, but after the tribulation period, and mm-hmm. uh, he saw that the fallacy of the, of the Daniel seventy weeks that the seventieth week hasn't happened yet. 
and he wrote mm-hmm. a he wrote a book and wrote all this out, and on his own nickel, which were a lot of nickels, he went down to their exotic uh, mansion, palatial estate, in a in a very in a southern border town along the. Uh, the Gulf. I don't want to mm-hmm. mention the state because some people will be obvious who I'm talking about, and I have no intention of criticizing people by name. Criticize what they do, but not by name. And he mm-hmm. went to this individual, and he he mm-hmm. he, he told him who he was, and I uh, told the people. I mean, the individual right. you don't get to see. And he says, "Is there any way?" I got enough money to stay here for a couple of days any way that I could just have a half hour, an hour with so-and-so. And absolutely not. In fact, they, they told him, turn the person away. So I can see why Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Folks, we take these people, and in the religion I was raised on, they were on a pedestal that I don't even think some of them liked because we put them on right. a pedestal they they were they were superhuman, and we expected too much from them. But anyhow, yeah. having said all that, I can see why this Eli, a young teenager, feared to go to show the vision. Or uh, Samuel feared to go show Eli, the priest, the priest, not just a priest. So we've got this dis- we've got this disparity in in in. And so-called in the layout of seeing Christian church today, and you, you you don't talk to you don't go to the, the pastor. It doesn't make any difference if he's biblical or not. Right. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, this elevation of ourselves, folks, is just playing out the temptation that is described very fluently and very efficiently in Isaiah 14. Read 12 through 14, 12 through 16, say, where Satan was going to exalt himself above God. He wanted the glory. And that's what we're doing, and it's wrong. I said all that to just see, say I can see why the sentence, the ending sentence in verse 15, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. I understand that. Yeah. Because guess yeah. what? Guess what? Samuel is now going to have the pleasure to tell Eli that uh, the Lord said to Samuel in verse 11, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth shall tingle, and in that day I will perform against Eli all the things I have spoken concerning his house, and that I will also make an end to his house. I wouldn't want to go tell yeah. someone that. Right. Okay, so let's right. go ahead and read verse, yeah. Let's go ahead and read no, verse I just agree with and, you. No, I was just agreeing with you. I mean, this... Oh, this, I thought you this, said disagree. Okay. No, no, agree. agree. Okay. This, this pastors, pastors and priests on a pedestal has been going on since, you know, the beginning of time practically, you know, I mean... Oh, yeah, it uh, does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, and it depends on, I think it depends on the pastor a little bit, but for the most part. The the machine is set up that way. The machine is set up that way, believe me. Yes, yes. 
Absolutely. And it usually absolutely. Uh, Raymond, it, it usually, it usually, and you know what a sine wave is, right? Yes, I do. A sine curve or sine wave. Yep, you know, I like sure an do. Alternating uh-huh. I, I okay. worked with electricity a little bit when I was in college. Okay. So, yeah. So what what it, what it is? Well, then this is this is right on it because if you studied harmonics or anything, this would be part of it. Uh, these yeah. people are right in they're right in sync. They're right in sync with the uh, with the with the the sine wave of the of the of the church, and that is uh, they believe that the pastor is mm-hmm. to be isolated. And that's why yeah. Jeremiah, let me, let me, just for the heck of it, folks, so people don't think Carl is is evil, even though I might be. You don't think that I'm just brutal. Let me read you Jeremiah 23 out of the King James Version, and I'm going to read verse 1, 2, and 11, just those three verses. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastors, says the Lord. Therefore, says the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, says the Lord. Okay, let me read verse 11. Here, this is two verses about pastors. Verse 11, both the prophets and the priests are profane. Yes, in my house, that's churches, I have found their wickedness, saith the Lord. And what, is the, what, what does it say here that we, we have? That they isolate themselves from the, the people. They isolate themselves from the flock. They've driven, driven yeah. them away. Jeremiah 23.2, you've scattered my flock and driven them away, and you have not visited them. They're not allowed to speak yeah. to the Folks, right. Absolutely. We got to bring this stuff. We got to not take this as history, even though it is history. But this is every day going on in the world. This is what God has written this, given us this book for, so we would know what to look for. And if it ever gets to the point where you have that from people, you've got to dissociate from them because the problem is much greater than what they're 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 not wanting to visit with you is. The problem is a fatal error that's going to destroy them. And we're seeing where Eli is now going to be told the vision by Samuel. So you can go ahead and read 16 through 20 in 1 Samuel 3. All right. You know, I was good friends, good, you know, fairly good friends, I should say, with a, with a pastor's wife. And one day she confided in me and told me how lonely it was being a pastor's wife, because she wasn't allowed to make close, close friends with anyone, uh, and neither was her husband, because they had been told, they'd been told that doing so was dangerous, was dangerous, because because if you opened up your life to people in oh, the church, yeah. you know, if you told them anything about, 
you know, who you are or anything, that it could cause problems for the church and this and that. And so the only time her husband was ever able to talk about any problems he had, ask for prayer or whatever, was like once or twice a year at the most when he went to these pastor's conferences. And she really never, ever opened up to anyone. She And she just told me that, you know, that that little bit, you know, that she, not to tell me anything, but just that she wasn't allowed to open up, you know, and that her husband couldn't either. Well, they want to be ready. Uh, they, want to, they want to, hold on, they want to maintain that perfection that puts them on a pedestal. Yes, yes. And, and, and one time, something, I just want to say, something happened that I was in counseling with this pastor at one time. Uh, it was a marital counseling issue. But he mentioned something to me, and of course I'm not going to say what it was, but he mentioned something to me wherein he was trying to, I guess, sort of identify with something I was going through. But I doubt that he had ever mentioned this to anyone, maybe his wife, but it seems like he... It seems to me like he hadn't even told her. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember for sure. But it was something deeply private. And and he told me that it's, you know, not something he'd ever really talked about. But anyway, the point is that this that these people are told not to talk about anything to anyone else, not to confide in anyone, not to get close to anyone, not to have, and you could just tell the person that he had all his walls up all around him and that he didn't, That's a good you know, he never made, yeah, yeah, never made close friends, never got close to anyone. And, and, you know, and this is sad for pastors because they aren't allowed to be human. You know, they're not well, allowed Raven, to show to their, yeah. I have always said something, and I mean it sincerely, and as teaching the Bible, and I, this is now, uh, what, 30, 30, uh, 39 months I've done this or whatever. Um, months? On this program. Month? Oh, you mean, you mean you're I on this program. This, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on this program. And I will say this, and I, I mean it sincerely. I'm not using it as a, as a cliché. I would mm-hmm. rather go into, even though I don't drink and haven't touched alcohol since 1987 or so, not even a mm-hmm. just a, a, a sip, I would much rather go into a bar room and discuss mm-hmm. a, a, a severe problem I've got with somebody than go into a church. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you get plastered. And that's what that lady, yes, you're I, gonna be why she wasn't allowed. You're not allowed to tell people you're not superhuman. You're not allowed to tell. And I'm not saying every church does this. I'm not saying every pastor. I'm not saying every person. But believe me, this is a, a facade that we've got up, and it's a wall. And you don't take that wall down. Yeah. But you know, Carl, I want to say that just reminded me of something. There was a time when you were preaching in, pla- uh, in place of, 
uh, and I can say his first name, nobody's going to know anyway, but in place of Eric, in place of Eric, you know, over at the church that you and I met at, right? Yeah. And, um, and on that day, something happened. I, you may remember this, you may not, I don't know, but, but something happened that people began to testify that day. I don't know if you remember this, but there were people that, that began to stand up and give testimony about some things that were going on with that, you know, with them and, and just, uh, you know, I don't remember like everything, but I just remember it was, yeah, it was a very emotional day. And, um, and I know that there was no judgment whatsoever. Nobody judged anyone. People were very empathetic. They were, you know, they were wonderful. And I think, I think just like with Paul, and, you know, you'll see him saying in many of his epistles, listen, you know, this is, these are the things that I admit that I did, that I've gone through, and we must repent of this stuff. And, but, but that doesn't mean just because you repent doesn't ever mean that you're going to be perfect. It's always a journey that we're on, you know, towards this perfection, you know, but we're never going to yes. actually get there until we, you know, get until we actually become one with God, you know, until we actually get to heaven, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yep. And so even, and that's hard to say because we have this oneness now, but it, you know what I mean? So, yep. but anyway, I, I, I believe that if people actually became more humble in front of each other, and that doesn't mean giving, uh, you know, a million details. It doesn't mean we have to say, uh, like, well, I, I, I cheated on my wife four times, and I, and I, I did heroin six. And I, it, it, that doesn't, that's not what it means. But it no, just no, means no. that you have to admit that, listen, I, I'm not perfect now, and I never have been, but, but that's what I'm working towards, you know. And, and I am, I'm not saying that I expect perfect out of you because I am not perfect. And, but unfortunately, as Christians, we try to claim that we are that perfection now. And that's what has outsiders, yep. non-believers, looking at us and saying, ha, 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 you claim, you're all hypocrites. You claim to be perfect, but you're not perfect either. And you expect perfection from us, but you're mm-hmm. not perfect. And so then when the pastor falls, as he is going to, and I don't necessarily mean fall all the way down, but I just mean when someone sees a little imperfection in him, what they're right. going to say is, ha, see, see, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. And, and all this and time he's been standing up in the po- – And we're the What's ones that? demanding they be perfect. We're the ones demanding That's they be right. perfect, which is, this, which is the, the stupidity of all this. Yes, but because we expect it, he will stand he or she what whatever I, I'm you know not denying that there are some she that, nope. that's not what we that's not where we are you know that's not the the focus of the topic, but I'm just saying when he does because we expect it, he's standing up there with his 
somewhat pompous attitude, let me say, you know, saying, yes, Mm -hmm. I expect perfection out of you as well, because I am also perfect. And so we get into this back and, you know, him saying, I expect perfection, us saying we expect perfection. So if anyone else falls short of our idea of perfection, then we become very judgmental. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yes. And and that is not at all no. what God is saying that we should be. In fact, it is the opposite. And 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 we need to come down off of our our own judgmental thrones and and learn how to be more more like God. And 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 that doesn't mean that we that we shouldn't preach the truth. But it just means that we have to be less judgmental. Well, here, you am know, I making well, let's sense? Take Je- no, let's let's take Jesus as an example. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the Lamb who died for our sins. Yeah. He's the gentle Lamb. Yeah. He is yeah. also the one that is going to be when the whole when the when the great day of wrath comes. He is going to be. In Revelation twenty eleven through fifteen, your final judge who will cast those people who are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life into the lake of fire. Cast them. Yes. Jesus is also the one. Every word that's in the Scripture is Jesus Christ. For John one, Jesus is the yes. one that tells us in the book of uh, Ezekiel chapter eighteen. And 33, that we are to be a watchman. And he was a watchman. He went to the Pharisees and told them. He says, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, you snakes. But what did Jesus, the point of the matter is, Jesus exhibited both. He came down hard on sin. But he did not come down on sinners who were weak. And one perfect example what did religion want to do to the lady that was caught in the act of adultery? They wanted a stoner. Yeah. They asked Jesus if they could do it. And what did he yeah. do? He told her, I neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. So Jesus yeah. here, here's the key, what I'm getting to. Because we are either one way or the other. We're either seeker-sensitive and say, oh, no, God accepts sin. God knows you're... We justify sin that way. Yes. Then you got the other extreme where you want to destroy the sinner. That's why I would not want to go... I don't want to go into a church and bear my soul. I just don't. Now, you can tell me that's wrong, and I'll buy it. I mean, looking through your eyes, or maybe I am wrong. It's just I would not go in. I have actually seen a church that the seeds of destruction started by us having this thing called cell groups. Back in the late people would come and bear their soul, and by the next morning, it was all around the town by noon. It destroyed a oh, church. Yeah. It, 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 okay. So, you know, what right. are we saying here? What I'm saying, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, 
who in Revelation 20, 11 through 15, anybody who's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, their name, he will cast them, not drop them or put them in the lake of fire, cast them into the lake of fire with, with, as, an, as an angry judge. But Jesus is yes. also the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And with a lady caught right. in the act of adultery, he said, I don't condemn you. So when, when you're saying, Raven, that these people, uh, you know, they're, they're, I, I don't know of very many that are willing to tell you the truth and be a true watchman and yet have the mm-hmm. compassion to understand that you're not perfect. And you know why I think? I'm not sure yeah. they're Christians because if they did, they would have that. That's yeah. only an yes, opinion. you're right. This is only an opinion. Yeah. No, I see your point. We stretch though. this yeah. thing. We stretch this thing called love. How uh-huh. do we stretch it out? We stretch it out to where we tolerate marrying two men and two women in a major denomination. Yes. Then we also have yeah. denominations where if you don't do what the lead pastor or the head man says, you're out. And I was one. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that man wasn't saved. I don't have that. God has not given me that or any other human being to judge a person morally. I'm just saying that if people people have to be one way or the other, they're definitely not showing the love of Christ. Because the love of Christ has both. The watchman to keep you from sin as well as the compassion and forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. Right. I I totally agree with you. Yes. Well, that's that's yeah. Christ. No, it's well, not look at something Peter. that I can develop. Huh? Look at Peter. Peter was weak. Peter was very weak. If you compare Peter to Paul, really, Peter was the weak oh, one. Yeah. He denied Christ three times. He turned back towards what the Jews were doing and Paul had to stand up to him to his face. Because Peter was starting to kind of go along with the Jews and say, well, you know, maybe you're kind of right. You know, and we, he talks about that in Galatians, Paul does, where he was kind of going, well, I guess if I'm going to sit with the Jews that I have to kind of go along with what they're saying. You know what I mean? Peter was, he was weak. And we have weak mm-hmm. Christians, you know. Some of us are, we're, you know what, we're all weak in some sort of we way. We are. Let's yeah, face it's only a matter of degree, right. yeah. That's right. All of us have some sort of a weakness, you know, and I admit that I know I do. But so, and that's the thing right there, is admitting that each of us has some sort of a weakness and, and that none of us is, has perfection. It, because when we admit that we have the weakness, that's when God can work on us. And not the only way he will. Raven, that's the only that's way right. he will. Without that's repentance right. when, towards God. Acts tw- here, Acts twenty twenty one. Repentance towards yeah. God and faith in Jesus Christ. You don't do the repentance, right. there is no faith. There is no faith in that's Christ, right. there's no salvation. Yes. If we can't admit you, our own weakness, we're really not repentant. No, you can't. Even alcoholic, the first thing 
Alcoholics Anonymous states, in my opinion, I've never been to a meeting, but the first thing they state is that you must, first of all, come to grips with the fact that you've got a problem. Yeah, right, right. Well, let's go back to First Samuel 3 and read 16 uh-huh. through 21. Now here, Samuel right. feared to tell Eli the vision. And what was the vision? Eli, your days are done. In fact, let me read something here in verse 14, Raven, that you read that just struck me. I have sworn to the house of Eli, and this is God. I have sworn, he's telling Samuel, to the house of Eli. The iniquity of Eli's house will not be purged with sacrifice or offerings forever. That means you can't be religious forever. God will draw the line, and those people who do not want to repent, they are going to suffer the same consequences that we're going to read about that Samuel was told to bring to the religious man, Eli. So let's go ahead in verse 16 and read. Now, that verse, if you look at that verse 14, that shows you that God, God has a time limit. He even gave the people who walked through the Red Sea with him, with, who he, he parted the Red Sea. He gave them 40 years. But after 40 years, they would not repent. They would not turn and trust him. And he did what? He said, they will never enter my rest, which has eternal consequences. Okay, go yeah. to verse uh, 16 and read through 21. You know, I just want to say in that verse 14, I don't know, and of course only God knows the answer to this, but it could be that this means that anyone born under Eli's house might never, ever be able to be saved. I don't know. Well, that is, is, that is truly, no, that, that is a logical conclusion, but this message was being told to Eli specifically. Now, where I yeah. agree with you, and not just to be agreeable, Eli is a big wheel. He's got a lot of people yeah. that go to his church, obviously. So right. if they're buying into this, if they're buying into this secret sense of gospel, Let's bring it away from 3,000 years ago. Let's get it right up right. to today where you don't want That's to be what I was hard on about. people. A man on right. Larry King's show years ago, Larry King, years ago, and I right. heard, I actually saw the, the YouTube video of it or whatever. Right. Larry, we do believe in the blood of Christ, but we don't want to mention it in church because it gives people a bad self-image. And this was the man who was the, had the biggest congregation and single church attendance every Sunday in the United States of America. The yeah, seeker-sensitive well. people, the seeker-sensitive people, you are passing on a message that not only is you are you going to be called and your ministry is going to be taken away from you eventually because of it but your people are running the risk if they follow your mentality of not repenting no right. i agree with you well it's okay 
Yeah, it's the feel good. It's the, you know, don't we feel good? But we can lady, do it our way. This man, yeah. this man, and if I would ask the average non-Christian on the street, mm-hmm. yep. Name me a name me a very rich and very well known pastor in, in evangelical Christianity. I bet this guy would get half the votes. He's well known. Oh yeah. Yes. And yeah. that's what he actually yeah, said. He's Larry, we we believe in the blood of Christ. We believe that that Christ died to pay for sin. But we don't want to say that to get people there. And that's not something I'm saying from hearsay that I've heard on sermon.com or read on sermon. I actually heard this from his own mouth. Yeah, I did too. You you know, before I knew who that person was, and I know who you're talking about, but before I knew who that person was, I saw a book. I saw a book that that this person had written with his face on the front of it, and I was so... um, When I saw this person's face, it, I I, I was so, I'm not sure how to put it. I I, I was, it it, it darkened, repulsed, there there it is. I was so repulsed. I felt the darkness deep in my spirit just looking at his face. And I didn't know anything about anything he'd ever preached. But I just knew, I thought, Mm-mm. I would never buy anything that he had written. I wouldn't want to listen to anything he has to say. I was so repulsed, so disgusted, just looking at him that I knew that nothing he ever had to say would be something I would want to hear. I, huh, I, I don't know if it was just that God said, nope, walk away, or what it was. All I know is that I knew at that moment that nothing he had to say would ever be worthwhile. I just knew it. And I know that sounds mystical or whatever, but that's no, not what it no, was. No. It was, it was a knowing. It was a knowing. That's a reaction. It doesn't sound anything. It's a reaction you had. Yeah. It's just a reaction to evil is all I can tell you. And that's okay, how I know. Eli, remember this young kid, Samuel, and I think I've heard that yeah. he was like 12 or 13 at the time. He's now going to go to tell Eli this. Why is he going to do it? Because the Lord told him to. Again, you don't listen to what your pastors teach you and Carl teaches you first. You go to the Lord before you make any major decision. You go to the Lord before you start a ministry. You don't do it because Carl tells you, being you're a good teacher in in a high school You've got the spiritual gift of teaching. That is idiocy, number one. You might be a good teacher and have the gift of, but don't let man tell you what to do. And Eli is, or this kid Samuel, as a young teenager, is now going to face Eli, the high exalted chief priest. And just imagine how this kid's guts must have been turning. Right. So go ahead and read 16 through 21. Samuel said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said to you? Please do not hide it from me. God, 
God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. No, he hasn't repented. Hold on, the key is he hasn't repented yet. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Samuel, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet, prophet, excuse me, as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. How did he reveal himself by the word of the Lord? That is not 3,000 yeah. years ago. That is now. That has been since day one, since Adam and Eve. The Lord reveals himself to us. How? By the word of the Lord. We've got pastors and <laughs> we got pastors, and I've heard them, and I know them, that make degrading remarks about the Bible. There's, there's one who says, I've never read the Old Testament, nor do I intend to. There's another one that yeah. says the Bible is not pertinent today. Today is not pertinent to the Bible. We don't need any more Bible. And these are well-known multimillionaires, folks. Wake up. Are you listening to them? Don't think I'm trying to get you to my church because there ain't one. I'm telling you, wake up for your own good. Because there comes yeah. a point in time where even God had already drawn the line in the sand and Eli could not come back over. Eli had proved for many years he had no part in repentance. He had no part in want to do things God's way. I want you to see this because people say, well, if I'm a believer, he was never a believer then. You're going to tell me Eli was never a believer. Uh Right, right. Another heresy, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I'm right there with you, and I see this all the time. People say all the time, hey, if they they, they fall away, it really means they never were a believer. (laughs) Read Hebrews 3.12. Read Hebrews 3.12. Yes. And this is written to the church, to the, 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 the Hebrew church. This is written to the believers. She's going to go to Hebrews 3.12. I'm going to read you the, uh, who this is written to. Because that's where, brethren. Say. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to read a little yeah, bit okay. of Hebrews here before you start. Because what people okay. will say to me, and I've had it said to me, well, then, Carl, they were never believers. Wrong. And then I'll say, but it was, it's in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 3.12. Well, the, 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 the epistles were not written to believers. Another heresy. Right. The book, yeah. every one of the epistles, folks, are written to the churches, to the believers in the church. What difference, well, why would God even put in all the epistles? We have a choice as a believer to turn to him and walk by the Spirit or turn to the flesh 
and, and walk by the powers of darkness, even as a believer. Why would he do that? It wouldn't make sense to say that to an unbeliever. Right. So Absolutely. you read Hebrews 3.12, and why I'm saying this is people, the first thing they're going to say, well, he was never saved to begin with. Nonsense. Beware, brethren, lest there, be, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. How can people say, you don't understand, Carl, they were never saved to begin with? How? The people he's addressing here, I'm not saying there's not, most of, I think, probably 50% at least of the Laodicean Christianity that I, in all my life, I believe it's probably up to at least 50% where the people that are hallelujah and every Sunday morning never were saved. But that doesn't mean that there are not some who depart from their faith. And yeah. I, all I ever hear when I say that, well, you don't understand they were never born again to believe it, How, to begin with. How can you say don't depart from the living God through unbelief if you never believed? How can it be done? Forget theology. Yeah. Forget anything we're talking about. We're talking English language, logic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do not depart from the living God through unbelief. Now, as we come down, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the thing the Lord said to thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. Samuel, in my, or Eli, in my opinion, had a little bit of a, of a fear that he knew the ax was going to fall. Yeah. God so God do so to thee, and more also. If thou had anything from me, all of the things he said unto thee. Samuel told him, verse eighteen, everything that was said, and hid nothing. That had to be tough for a young kid to take a high-ranking priest who's on a pedestal and loves the pedestal over God. And tell him everything. Yeah. And Samuel told him everything, hid nothing. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what he, what's good. And Samuel grew in the Lord and was with him and did, let, and did let none of his word fall to the ground. Here's the thing, folks. If you're going to be honest as a, as a, as a, a minister in the New Testament, and we're all ministers in the New Testament, all of us. Amen. If you're going to be a worthy minister in the New Testament, God will not let your words fall to the ground. You may not see it in this world, the results of it, because quite right. truthfully, some of the seeds you planted, you may be gone when the fruit comes up. Yes. You with your grandkids. You, you with your grandkids. Yes. yes. I don't think I don't think you're necessarily going to be alive 
to see all the results of the fruit with your grandkids. And if they take them to your great-grandkids, you're not going to be around, but you will see it. Right. You will also see. Right. You will also see. Yeah. You will also see the fruits of the persons who are truly born again and have failed their ministry. They have failed to be a watchman. Yeah. You're going to see those fruits too. And that's going to be tragic because in that day, there's not going to be anything to do. You've got your chance on earth right now to repent. Exactly. You see the resignation that, that Eli had? Eli had this. Right. If you hide, he said, "God do, God do so to thee, and more also." That was Eli knows that he's going to get creamed by God verbally, and Eli is saying to right. Samuel, "Don't hide anything." But one thing here, he yeah. never repented. We never see any repentance. Right. He's just yeah. sort of. Absolutely. He's just sort of. Stoically or as a Spartan, he's going to take his licks. Yeah, he's going to take them. He's probably still taking them and will for the rest of eternity, is my opinion. I never see anything right. in here where you lie repented. Right. We can't know that he doesn't at the very end, but it's not likely, I think, that we would see it. So Not likely. We manner. see no evidence of it. No evidence. That's right. On verse right. 20. All Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. That's at what, 12 to 14 years old? You see what God can do in us, folks, if we would just trust him and not your pastor, not your Bible study teacher, certainly not two people like us on the radio on Sunday. You go to God first. Go to God first. If there's any message, and I said on YouTube, I think it was last week, on my sessions on YouTube, and I do three a week, I said, I'm going to say this, and I will say this until I have no more ability to talk. If there's one thing I want to, I would love to be able to help turn people away from, it's to go to man first rather than God's word. And I will, I'm a, I will not negotiate on that. So verse 21, the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of God, by the word of God, yeah. not by Carl, not by a pastor who doesn't open a Bible, gives you Bible verses in a little piece of paper that he folds into four sheets and he gives you verses and they leave the bible they leave the verses blank with a couple of words and you fill in the words that's like dick and jane that i read in, in catholic grade school in the second grade that's not preaching and teaching and have the boldness to preach and teach the bible and i this is pandemic in churches we have our Bible study. There's a Bible study you used to go to Raven where the people every week they, they show me. They get this whole little, it's like a, a maybe a 12 by 16 piece of paper. They fold in half and it's two, you know, four sides. And, and they, they print Bible verses in there at random. And then they, they, right. they give you 
that blanks and you fill in the verses and that's a Bible study. That's a joke. Read a Bible study. Give people the word of the Lord. Don't pick and choose the verses you're going to tell them. Read the context. Do like we're trying to do here in this program. Give you the context of what the chapter says every week so that we don't create our own story out of it. All right. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 1. All right. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against ah, the Philistines. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Samuel revealed, yes. or God revealed himself to Samuel by the word of God, the Bible. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. And another one, those people will say, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have a memory like you do, Carl. I don't have, I can't sing. I can't preach. I'm afraid to talk in front of people. Let me read a verse in chapter 3. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel, the 12 to 13, 14-year-old kid, was established to be a prophet of the Lord. You think that's because Samuel had any ability on his own? Let's stop eating around the bush, folks. Don't go to people for your ministry or how to do it. Pray to God and then ask him to send godly people, not not hirelings, (laughs) to write books and sell to you. Godly people (laughs) who will direct you by the word of God, not the word of man. Do you know I used to be terrified to speak in public, Carl? Terrified. Oh, I will. Absolutely. Let me tell you, Raven. Let me tell you something. Hold on. As a student in Mm -hmm. college, I graduated, and this this is just, it was my interest. I graduated with a four year degree in physics, engineering physics, and I minored Mm -hmm. in calculus. There is only one course that I ever dropped out of, and that was speech, because I got up in front of the group to give my first talk, and I couldn't talk. I I couldn't. I started crying. I I, I, I listen. I get it. I a hey, Carl. I <laughs> I could now. I can do it now with without issues. But when I was before, I was saved. I'm telling you, this is now something that God has changed in me because before that that's time. Right. That's, okay, Raven, stop. That's exactly what we're saying here. The Lord revealed yeah. himself. The Lord also is the one that established Samuel as a young teenager as a prophet. And then in chapter yeah. 4, verse 1, the word of Samuel came to all Israel. That is all the Lord. That's my point. Why do we go to people yeah. first? I'm not saying yeah. don't go to people why not go to God and ask him to give you the people? Yep. Cause because my, my, it's, a biz- I, it's a business. I did all, I got yeah. all A's in English, but when it came to speech class, nope. Nope. I, I failed it. Failed it because I can't well, speak I, in front I not of people. I not only failed it. I paid, Raven, I paid for the course and I dropped out and lost my money. 
And I was yeah, working I, I, as a, in 1960, I was working for a dollar an hour in a New York City food chain in a grocery store, and a dollar an hour, once a little bit of tax was taken out, there wasn't much yeah. money left over. So I had paid money for this course out of my own money, right. and I dropped it. I lost the money. Yeah. I I understand. I I just mm-mm. oh I'm yep, sure I couldn't do it. Horrible feeling. I, it is. In fact, if you had come up to me and put a gun to my head and told me to speak in front of these people or you'd shoot me, I probably would have asked mm-hmm. you to shoot me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was question. oh terrified. Terrified. Question. Yeah. I've heard these things about panic attacks. Oh. That yep. feeling that would come over me, that feeling that came over me, where I mm-hmm. just felt my knees weak. I thought I felt like I was going to cry. I couldn't. My voice broke. Is that similar yep. to a panic attack? Yeah, yeah. Because I have them, and it's a physiological thing. I I feel as if I'm going to have a heart, as if I'm having a heart attack. I get this. Okay, uh, I pressure did in not my feel chest. that bad. Well, now, and, and they come you, at different. Me, you have different symptoms depending do, on hold you. On, let me tell you. But, let me tell you where I do have symptoms of what you just said. Mm-hmm. When I go, when I'm in high heights, I can't okay. stand up. Yep. I can't stand up. I get dizzy. Yep. Yeah, Is that's that a, a panic, panic attack, attack problem? Okay, oh, okay, oh, yeah. Okay. That is a panic attack, and I, I, I mean, get I those. literally, uh, I literally. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just curious of what a panic attack, but that may be my horrible fear of heights. May be a panic attack. Okay. Yeah, I. Um, it's a long story. What mine come from? You're, you're familiar no, with right. the thing, I just, but I, I've never, I've, right. I've never been told it's a panic attack. But that's, I feel like yeah. I'm not that I'm having the pain of a heart attack, but the effects right. of it, where I literally can't stand up, I lose my yep. strength, and Shaking. I get dizzy. Yep. Yeah. Sweating. I will shake, sweat. Yep. Yep. I, if okay. it doesn't, if I'm not taken out of the situation, and and literally often I have to be taken out because I can't remove myself, but I will shake so badly and I will get to crying and I will literally cower down in a corner in a fetal position. I will get that. That's exactly what I would do with height. About 10, 12 years, 15 years ago, 12 years. The city we live in is about 60 miles from a U.S. steel steel mill. And it's an integrated mill where they take the, the they take the actual iron ore from way up in northern Minnesota, northern Michigan, and they bring it by right. boat down the Great Lakes to a steel mill, and they actually make steel, you know, not not recycling, but actually from the iron ore. Okay, right. one of our biggest customers was a U.S. Steel, so this gentleman and I that worked for the company. Uh, we went to Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. the the tallest building in Pittsburgh is the U.S. Steel Building, and I believe that's still true. But anyhow, we had to park mm-hmm. the car, of course, away. We had to walk about eight or nine blocks 
to the U.S. Steel building. Gotcha. And, they, and Ben would tell me, look, look, look at that building. I said, I can't do it, Ben. He said, what do you mean you can't? I said, if I do, I'm going to fall down. So I started. Oh, you can't even look up that. No, I couldn't. I had to. No, I'm Raven. My fear of heights is horrendous. It's getting worse. It's much worse than it used to be. We Hmm. were up at the uh, about three weeks ago. My wife and I went to Cincinnati for a baseball game. Mm -hmm. Um, I like sitting. In between home plate and the and the and the uh, the end of the stadium, the end of the right field line, I like sitting there uh, just off of first base. But I like okay. it high because with one view you can see everything going on. Okay, it takes me gotcha. about twenty minutes once we get there to be able to even move out of where the elevator is. Then once wow. I do that, it takes me about another 15 minutes to go to my seat. I mean, it's sad. I actually have to have the ushers help me. I mean, I'm that bad. Is that right? Uh, oh, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. Hmm. Uh, and I, and I, see, I that's the not height, attack. nothing, but mm. I understand no, it, though, it, because it, I, um, I know people who have the same issue that you do. Yeah. Well, I, I, I recently, as you know, I had to go for MRIs, and I had to have three of them, yeah. two of them. And in both cases, mm-hmm. the nurses, are you sure that it doesn't bother you? You don't have claustrophobia. And I say no. And they actually, I'm telling you, they gave me a thing and put it in my hands because your hands have to be stretched down. Uh, you have to very, very, very much, you know, when this machine goes over your body, it's right up to your body. Right. There's no room to move or anything. But they put in my left right. hand, they put a, a, a buzzer, and they said, if you feel like you're having a heart attack, you've got to push this buzzer if you feel like you're going to go crazy. And that's claustrophobia. I don't, that doesn't faze yeah. me in the least. You see, that does fact, me, felt, but not heights. But I felt I felt good in there. Nobody's going to bother me. I was going to take a nap. But height mm. uh, just kills me, kills me. I was watching something the other day on my YouTube mm-hmm. of these people in foreign countries, Japan, not Japan, China, I think, okay. where they're building mm-hmm. skyscrapers. And these people are up there like they're like I'm sitting down here in my basement, and they're on they're yep. they're a hundred stories high. And you know what? When I see <laughs> that on YouTube, I get dizzy watching that. Really? But here, you know what? I've got to repent here. I've just spent eleven minutes talking about my fear of life. Um, <laughs> why don't Why don't we but go you ahead know, and read to say the yeah. I was just going to say it's interesting that here we go. We do talk about, you know, fear and giving it to God, but we all have things that God is working on us in with, right? All of us. We all have issues that maybe, maybe 
that thing isn't something that God's going to deal with us on because he's got more important stuff. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't. He hasn't dealt with me on it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Like that might not be the important thing for him to deal with you with because he's got more important stuff. Do you know what I mean? But trust me. Yeah. Trust me. If God said, I want to take that away from you, Carl, I would be all for it, man. No hiding anything. Oh, I agree. There are things that I wish he could, but he's working on other things, you know. Amen. Yep. He's working on other things with me instead. and He's working on the things that his could will. cause you to depart from the living God through unbelief. That's what he's right. Working on. Exactly. Exactly. Let's go to. Let's go now. Let's read four one again. Read one two and three in chapter four of First Samuel. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today? Before the Philistines, let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. Now, what what do you think this is saying? It says here, let me look at this again. The -hmm. word of Samuel came to all Israel. Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines pitched, and the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smit before the and slew of the army. This is Raven giving credibility to what you said about the people in the seeker-sensitive church could be eternally affected. Mm-hmm. When the leader, when yeah. the, the priest, the pastor, the prophet is evil mm-hmm. and does not tell the people the truth and wants to make them feel good like he did his sons. Right. God is going to draw the line like he did in verse 14 of chapter 3. And he says, right. Eli, the iniquity of your house shall not be purged with sacrifice or offering forever. There's a day, right. folks, when God stands up and says, I'll never forget the day I went back to New York City and my father was, to my knowledge, the last time he was in a hospital, and he was he had he he had drank himself literally to death, and the doctor came in and told him that he's got this and he's got that and it's terminal and and my father said to him and this 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 really hit me. He said, "I'm no longer drinking," and he meant it. And the doctor said, "It's too late." And I thought, what a horrendous thing to hear. What yeah, a horrendous yeah. thing to hear. Can you imagine yeah. in the in the in the final judgment when we tell God we have we repent and he says too late? 
This is the time. Yes. That's what it means. That what it, what it means, Lord. Today is the day of salvation in the New Testament. That means do it now. Do it today, right now. Because yeah. tomorrow yeah. God may draw the line in the sand like he did in 1 Samuel 3.14. You can't right. gamble that. You can't. That's you right. can't. You can't. Your soul is at risk here. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't expect to like to die today, meet God in you know, and and meet God and say, oh, I believe. <laughs> no, you can't oh, believe because believe you see that? me. Right. Well, what I'm saying, yeah, Raven, you, what I'm saying, hold on, what I'm saying is even while we're on this earth, don't believe that you've yeah. got your entire life until you die to repent. There's a day, mm-hmm. a finite day. That God said to the people in the he in Hebrews three, yeah, three through seven. He said mm-hmm. that His people Israel, they He gave them forty years, and it was a right. time when He said, "Okay, in forty years you've not you've not turned back to Me, you will no longer right. be able to do it." There's a time when right. God says, "Draw a line in the sand, and this is it." We see it. In, we see yep. it in First Samuel three fourteen. That's yep. what the today is the day of salvation means. Don't go one minute beyond this. In fact, jump off of the program right now and kneel down in front of God. Even if you're in an yep. automobile as a passenger, tell God you're sorry. Please help you. Don't gamble. Yep. That car may not make it to where you're going. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Now, the Philistines put themselves array against Israel. And when they joined the battle, Israel was smitten, means destroyed, before the Philistines. And they yes. slew the army in the field, about 4,000 people. You see the effects of seeker-sensitive preaching and teaching. Yeah. 4,000 men in one battle. Right. And verse 3, and when the people were come to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why, wherefore, has God smitten us? And a question mark. You know, right? I don't like this statement, but I'm going to make it. Duh, how stupid yeah. do you have yeah. to be? <laughs> right. So what do they do? Yeah. Look, at, look at this, Raven. Wherefore had the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? A question. What do they do? Rather than repent, I'm going to go get the ark and bring it back here. In other words, I'm going to be religious. It's what Carl does. Right. No, it's all about what Christ has done that Carl has not been willing to accept. You know what I see in this in this verse, Carl? <laughs> it, it's it's the it's the people who who say, "Why has God done this to me?" Why did he kill my child? Why did he do this? Why did he, you know, shaking their fists at the sky? And so they yeah, want to go out bad and say, hold on. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? That's the biggest right. stupid title I've ever heard in my life. None of us are good. Right. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a cross and put on my wall or or and I'm going to put a fish on, on the back of my car or, or I'm going to bury a statue. Or, or, hold on, hold on, let me, uh-huh. let, me yep. let me go past Roman Catholicism. 
I'm going to repeat a prayer after the pastor, or I'm going to be baptized in water. Yep. Get right. away from or, or I'm going to put a, a, anything superstitious or religious or according to the church religious. tradition or whatever. Amen. Yeah. But do you see where these yeah. people got religious? And read yeah. the last phrase in verse 3. The last phrase in verse 3. Yeah. Uh that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our May enemies. save us. May save us. Yes. That is all religion. Yeah. No religion gives you any guarantee. No religion gives you any guarantee. All religion does yeah. is say, I want more, more, more. There's never enough. Biblical Christianity says, without me, you can do nothing. And he says, it's yeah. over. I've already paid the debt. But you must repent. You must repent. You must repent. These people are no right. different than Protestants are, than Roman Catholics are, than Islam is, or anything. They were now turning to religion and what they could do rather than trusting in what Jesus Christ has already done when he said it is finished. That's why they have no, they have no assurance of salvation. It may save us out of the hand. You ask the average Christian today, Raven, that says they're a Christian, why do they think they're going to go to heaven? A survey recently, eight out of ten supposed Christians who had come out of a Christian church, they've been good. Mm -hmm. They hope they've done enough. They hope they've been – there's no assurance in religion of salvation. Isn't that awful? Just sad. Sad, sad, sad. It is sad. See, and they said it may save us. What did David say? The battle – is the Lord's. There's a big That's difference, right. isn't but it? We don't, but we don't believe it. You're right. A whole book of Deuteronomy right. about entering the promised land. Yes. Raven, you college educated, two out of three million people went into the promised land. What fraction is yep. that? That's got to be point zero zero times 10 to... I haven't figured it out. Ten to maybe fifteen decimal points. Two out of three million. Yeah, huh. isn't that something? Two out of three that million. That is unbelievable. Wow. Now three million. You've got yeah. what? You've got. Uh, you've got two uh, nine out of zero. three million. Okay, that's not is is million not nine zeros. You got thousands, hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's now, so if you take it's two point, out of three million. It's, it's point six, six, hold on, six, hold on, six, hold on. Six, 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 Raymond, <laughs> hold on a minute. I'm asking you a question. Two oh, out okay. of three million. I, I How many zeros yeah. are after three for a million? Is it not nine? It's six. It's six. Six, you're right. It's okay. Six. Yeah, six. Two. So two would be what? Out of three. Million. Two, two divided by three million. Yeah. Would be fifth point one five. You see that? Oh, I see. Okay. Yep. So now how many zeros yeah. do we have to put? How many zeros do we put between the point and the one? I see six. Yes. Wow. So there's your percentage. 
Two out of three million people believed. And they were going to seeker-sensitive churches. Eli was one of them. Read the whole book of Judges. It's 450 years of seeker-sensitive. Nobody having the, nobody bringing the people to a, to a point of decision. I love what Joshua right. said, and I think it's 2415. I think it's 2415. Joshua said, you do what you want, but it's for me and my house. Today, we are going to serve the living God. Yes. I like that. Make a decision. That's what it means, folks, to those listening. Don't think that I'm not victim of this stuff myself. I'm a human being. If you cut my wrist, red blood comes out the same way you do. Right. Don't think that we're not, but the Lord says, today is a day of salvation, Carl. You may not live till the end of the night. Exactly. Exactly. You may not live till this program ends in five minutes. That's what I say. If this is something you're willing to repent, folks, do me a favor. Thanks for listening, but go talk to God right now. And you don't have to have wonderful language. God wants your will. You don't even have to say anything. If you've determined that you're willing to follow him, he will give you the ability to repent. You can't even repent on your own. And that's Philippians 2.13. Yeah. All right. We'll come back and start with 4.1 again next week. Uh, there is a program that comes right after me, so why don't we go ahead and give them a break and uh, and right. uh, get off early so they don't – I don't know what agonies they've go through is what I've had for the last several weeks, but let's let them have a break and, and come on clean the way we did today. So go ahead and say All a right. final prayer, and then we'll be done. Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit and his guidance through this whole thing, him giving us the words that we are to say, the information that we are to impart to those who listen, and for giving us your word and your Holy Spirit, which is everything for us, for our Christian life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for doing it. We'll talk again next week. All right. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.